the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, everyone. 710 KNUS on a Saturday morning. I'm Peter Boyles. A new start time, of course, 9 a.m. 710 KNUS Weather Center. Weather, a beauty. 62. Sunny today. Sunday, 67. And Monday, 62 degrees. Uh, a few weeks ago, here in our studio, we had these Palestinian folks with us. And after that show was over, it was an explosion of anger and people saying things. And I was just amazed at it because of being an old talk show guy and how stuff works and you, you do that. And it's what our job really should be. So having taken heat for a couple of weeks, I thought, oh, screw it. Let's do it again. So ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it's actually to be interesting. Uh, Rima Wadon is with us, Dr. Rima Wadon. She was with us before. And she's the director of Colorado Palestinian Club. And I didn't know who was going to come. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm cool with all of it. Also, in studio, and his name is Rob Prince, but he was born with a, with a Hebrew last name of, uh, but by the way, uh, Doc, uh, mic him up, please. Move in close, please, to the microphone. What, okay. was, what was your name? Yeah. Uh, Prinsky. Then I was, uh, my father changed it when I was three. I protested vigorously, but but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. So, so I've stuck with that name. And yes. it retired from Graduate School of International Studies. And as you said to me, you're Jewish. That's correct. I've come real close to the mic because I want everything okay. every, 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 right. to move in if you have to. There you go. Uh, doctor, good morning to you. It's good to see you. Good morning. Thanks for having us, Dan. Um, how, how do you, and I'm sure it's you've told me this, you can't get many if any media outlets to to talk to you yeah i think there's been um <clears throat> a couple sources that have actually come out but for the vast majority our voice has been silenced and um we've even protested against many news outlets to ask them for fair coverage mm-hmm. because we have not gotten the fair coverage and the coverage that they keep on saying is that we are reporting the deaths that are in palestinian in palestine and i told them that's not a fair um uh, ability for our community to be voiced Who's, here in Colorado. I mean, without naming names, someone said that you can't name a death toll. Is that what you said? Yeah. And that was the reason for not letting you on? Yeah. And and, and not only are they not allowing us on, but they don't want to hear from our community at all because they, too, are feeling they get the backlash of uh, members in the community calling to silence our voice. So they fear what was yeah. done to me were exactly. done to this. Exactly. Well, that's not a reason. You know, I am Spartacus. You know, <laughs> we're, all Spartacus. we're all Spartacus. That's I always. That's we one. appreciate those fearless. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. members of the community that are willing to allow both yeah. members of the community to come out. As an aside, I, um, I'm deep into Nixon again. Don't ask me why. But um, they thought when the when the uh, New York Times and Washington Post got their hands, well, the Post first got their hands on the Pentagon Papers. And Richard Nixon, Halderman, those guys, they all thought that if they just blackballed the Post and, and uh, Catherine Graham, that 
that would be the end of it. And next is the New York Times, and then it goes. And that becomes that movement that's called I Am Spartacus, when they all stay one at a time. No, I'm Spartacus. And I would think that the fact that somebody would silence you, and I thought that's that moment where I, you know, every... I know the outlets you've told me they should say that. What is it that you think that you say that's so damning? Reporting our voice, just our existence is, I feel like, an insult to other community members when we're here advocating for peace and security for both identities. I don't think that what we're coming to the table is here promoting um, an ideology. We're here literally trying to say that our community has also suffered. We're sitting with 29,000 deaths, Mm. almost 13,000 children deaths. We're sitting in our community here locally in Colorado, about 317 um, deaths of family members that we have lost. So our community has definitely been grieving. These are, you're saying these are relatives of people that you know. Uh, these yeah. are relatives of people. Um, and you had Abdullah last time, um, last that we heard, and his count keeps upticking, but it was 117 um, that he no. single-handedly no. has lost. And we had another member in our community, and her her death toll is also in the hundreds. So these are members in our community that had limited um, ability to share their stories or even talk about their family members, give them humanity and mm. at least dignity to, to speak about their losses, and that has not been fully taken into consideration. Professor, uh, why do you think that's true? And why do you think nobody wants to listen to her voice or anyone's voice that is in opposition? Well, uh, again, there, get, there's get, what I, get close, get close uh, to my. Is that close enough? Keep coming in. Oh, all right, Lou, make him all right, slide. You can slide your chair up. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't want. Right. I don't want an echo. So if you will, all please. right, sure, okay. sure. Go, there we go. We're good. Um, there's what I would call a pervasive mainstream narrative uh, here uh, about the Middle East that has been for really quite decades. Uh, let's just say one-sided in terms of how it reports the news. Uh, and the Palestinian voice, for quite frankly, for decades, has been a voice that uh, has not been able to uh, to find itself in the mainstream media. Um, uh, while I certainly agree with with what Rima said, I think that in this these past months, one of the things that has happened has, is is that that voice is emerging. And I, let me just start off by sure. being grateful. For 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 the interview and, and giving Please. giving Rima uh, Rima's voice and the voice of the Palestinian community uh, chance. My voice has been heard, by the way. I, uh, it, it's it's all, and it's an interesting phenomena. For many years, um, if uh, the mainstream media wanted to hear uh, a critique of Israel, who would they go to? They would go to local Jews like myself. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, it seemed to me that 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 that's a role I shouldn't be playing. That you know, I am not an because you're, you're, you were an, you are an academician. Uh, well, that's true, yeah. and I and I do have something to say. And I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm not very shy about saying it. But but this is something different. This is basically for whatever reason. All right. Uh, the attempt to silence the voice of a whole community that that two things first of all is a major player in the, in, uh, in in the whole crisis and second of all until until Palestinian aspirations are met we're, we're not going to be able to solve this crisis at all so it's a, to at least have this voice come out so the American people can hear it and consider it 
you know, that's a good thing. Very good. One of the things that I think has happened is mm-hmm. alternative. There, like for instance, um, I never knew Al Jazeera existed mm-hmm. uh, and until the last, I don't know, eight or nine years, I think. And now, in my reading in the morning, I got a list of you know, websites I read. And one of the other things is the diminishing of the newspapers, ABC, CBS. There, and many, many people today are reading alternative news. Yes, and they're and particularly on. You know, I can use this as an example. Ukraine is an example. Lots of things. You're nodding your heads. That yeah. I don't have to rely on ABC, or I don't have to rely on what I mentioned the New York Times. I can go bounce around the internet, and I can you can see news and websites that are totally different. And um, I, I mentioned Al, Al Jazeera, everybody hates Al Jazeera, but I read Al Jazeera in English. I mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I do. And they take another approach. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Well, that's the first step, you know, is is trying to diversify your sources of information. And, of course, you know, when you're on the Internet, it's, you, it's, it's a bit of a, a gamble. But, you know, if, you have, if you're a thoughtful person, you can distinguish, uh, you know, in a general sense, what's, what's coming. And it's really uh, not a good thing to only to, to hear in a particular crisis mm. one side of it and to filter out the other side. Uh, so, so uh, uh, one example, I have been really uh, quite surprised by the number of young Jews, people who are mm-hmm. young, I call them kids, it's really mm-hmm. not sure. fair, it's okay. uh, um, who, who have joined Jewish Voice for Peace. I said, where do they get that from? Uh, wh- yeah, which is critical sure. of Israel. And I'm, I'm, I don't think they got it from reading my blog, all no. right? No. Okay. They got it from social media, and they got it from one other thing. Those young Jewish kids who not only went to Israel, but when they were there, they said, hey, I want to see what's going on in the West Bank and at the time in Gaza. And I cannot tell you, you know, you could discuss, argue. They come back. They've seen enough of what's going on. uh, And it's from that point on, things begin to change, and their views begin to change. Social media has definitely revolutionized oh, yes. the the eye on Palestine, um, so that now people are visually watching things where they were mm-hmm. never able to see and witness the 75 years of a, a occupation, oppression, mm-hmm. apartheid, all of it. They weren't able to see it, but now that you see it and witness it, you can't deny what you see, yeah. and that's that's really destroying the... The far right Zionist agenda, which is trying to control mainstream media, trying to control the optics that they put out there. Well, it, it, even just again, let me reintroduce everybody. Um, I met her um, a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Dr. Rima Wadan is here, director of the Colorado Palestinian Club. And I had one folks come in. You never know. It's just an open door. Come in. And Professor Rob, uh, Rob Prince, who right. himself, he said, is, is Jewish taught at Graduate School of International Studies. And so they're here, and they're, we're, again, talking about yeah. you know, where, people, where, 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 where people get their knowledge or people get their beliefs. 
Let and, me give you one sure, one one further example. First of all, I am reti- I've been retired R-E-T. for nine years. I years. Do. I, I don't want uh, I don't want to uh, mislead people. Although I just went back to Corbell and uh, for a lecture, it was quite good. But having having said that, um, think about this. It, uh, we could talk about well, Palestinian sources of media, yeah. but but today. What is South Africa saying about what's happening in the Middle East? Can we say, oh, we, we, we idolize South Africa and Nelson Mandela as long as they're mm-hmm. just saying one? Th- At least we should hear what they have to say. Now, the Brazilian... Brazil is going to bring it. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so here, if you're, ju- if you're simply kind of, uh, I don't know how else to put it, drowning in mainstream media sources... It's very that you trust on one level or another, okay? What, whichever one they might be, you know. I, I have friends, as far as they're concerned, the New York Times is the Bible, and I For think sure. I think that that's um, that's something we need to get away from, without without looking at and seriously considering different sources. It's very difficult, if almost impossible, quite frankly, to understand the, but aren't you, the narrative. And aren't you? obligated. I mean, that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I listen, like I said, I, I pull back on my talk radio consumption, but you're obligated to look at other and and, and, and the blind eye is to me fascinating, and it becomes this echo chamber. I mean, I and um, on, not only on this issue, but many issues. And, and, and it, you know, back now I, do, now I sound like an old man that I am. Back in the day, I would hunt for the opposition, get them on. See what they got to say, or or invite people in the studio. Come on, you got something to say? Come on in here and say it to me. You know, and that kind of thing. We may have met. Oh, I, I was on your program forty years ago. Was it right? <laughs> That's about right. But I was. I was trying to remember what we talk about. It had to have been uh, the middle. The same subject, by the I, way. I, let, me, let me go to this. There's, there, and, and I made the deal that that these folks would take calls three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Lines are wide open. We've been jammed up. 303-696-1971. Here's, I think this is aimed, doctor, at you. Did your guest just claim 13,000 children's deaths? Yes. That's not a claim. That's an actual, and it's an actual fact. I can't, um, what is it, the 19th, 200 were... There was a bomb in Rafah. Rafah is like mm-hmm. the southern part of Gaza that's supposed oh. to be the safe zone. Um, 200 people have died. It's been confirmed. Um, 13,000 children yeah. in the last 140 days. That will, anger, is, that will anger these people up. They don't want to believe that. They don't. I mean, I mean, all, the destruction of all the schools should anger people. The destruction of hospitals now functioning down to a, a handful um, in the territory. Um, this is this is unfathomable. Using food as weapon as a weapon of war, food and water. It's this is the truth. How do we at this point? I think it'd be interesting. How can we verify that? Okay, so because mm-hmm. I've heard other friends say, "Come on, this is not true." I heard it the yeah, whole yeah. time. Yeah. So there are other sources. Okay, there are mm-hmm. United Nations sources. Again, you support the United Nations sources on everything, but this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, the one that I've been using is called Euro Mediterranean Human Rights Human Rights Watch. It's different. It's not mm-hmm. the American one. Um, it's headed up. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's been involved in this stuff for a long time. So, so. If you look and you see that two-thirds of the world are basically, the media of two-thirds of the world is basically in agreement 
with what Rima said, that this has been documented, and that the only, well, maybe pro- not the only, but among the only places where it's, where it's mm-hmm. even questioned, uh, including by our president, who said, oh, well, you know, they're exaggerating. Yeah. Uh, there's, some, there's some problem here, right? Uh, well, uh, what, what I think <laughs> is interesting as a, you know, less and less watching mainstream press, you never see the nightly news guy say or give that number. Yeah. Right. Yep. They won't. If you know, and again, I've heard I've close friends that go, "Oh, they made that number up," or well, that hospital was there was tunnels under it, so that was okay to nail that hospital because Hamas had tunneled underneath the hospital. Well, that's uh, that's a kind of questionable, if you like. Uh, I, I've heard the no, same of thing. Of course, of course, yes. Uh, um, you know, uh, there are many. Let's take one of the most egregious examples: the way that October seventh was uh, was portrayed in the media. Okay, well, October seventh happens. The, the Hamas breaks out. Uh, what are the first reports we hear? We hear all kinds of egregious accusations about uh, beheading babies and raping women, and over the course of the next two or three weeks. Number one, the Israelis stopped talking about that. And number two, what, what we have are claims that have not been verified. Claims, and then we start hearing other things from the Israeli press. Like what? Like, well, some of those, some of those victims, some of those victims on October 7th were actually killed by the IDF that kind of had lost uh, control of the situation, and they couldn't tell the difference. So I only I, I raised this one because then that then defined how people looked at the issue. All right, there's nothing about well maybe there was some things going on before October seventh. This all things and what was it? So again, uh, uh, some of it is you the very meter itself is selective in time. And the sources are, are are quite narrow. So how to break out of, as we break out of that, I think we're going to be able to get a much clearer picture of not only what is what is happening, but also how do we get out of this mess? Yeah, that's, because that's really, yeah. that's really, uh, how can the... the all of the the deaths on both sides. How can how can this translate into a peace process? And, and from our side, it's like, how do we stop the bleeding? Yeah. Why can't we ensure there's a ceasefire for the protection of the Israeli hostages, of the Palestinians, of of even the Palestinian hostages that are in Israel? How do we stop the yeah. bleeding, the chaos that's been I, created? In the since October, and you know, I've read Middle East history and been there and thought things out, but I've really done a what I would consider like a deep dive for an old guy reading. And I had to keep score. It's interesting. And then we'll take a pause. Um, There have been 15 wars. I didn't realize that. 15 wars uh, against Gaza or involved with Gaza. And the number of Gazans killed in the most recent 2023 war, an agreed upon number of 27,000 Gazans. And it's higher than the death toll of all the wars of Arab and Israeli conflicts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I thought I was stunned by that. With, yes. I mean, that starts with 48, the 48 war and the Passover war and the 67 war. And, and it's higher than, which, I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. The number is just staggering. And the, and, and the amount of wars, 15 
15. That's and think of how many of those were not covered or hardly covered in the in the mainstream media. So you do a little more digging, mm-hmm. digging, and and you know you, you come you come up with a fact. Well, That's quite quite disturbing. And I should say, yeah. good, good, bad, or indifferent, right guy, wrong guy. I mean, I'm, if you t- just take a neutral look at it, fifteen wars. Yes, and, and even it, if you say fifteen wars, the Great March of Return yeah. was not a war. It no. was people protesting peacefully, they, protesting yeah. at the border so that they can be released from their you know incarceration mm-hmm. cell. And and two hundred and twenty seven people died in that march. Yeah. Medics. Teachers, um, uh, doctors, children—all unarmed um, Palestinians—and and we even ignore that. So you can't you can't um, go up against Israel or the IDF in peaceful measures, and and even mm-hmm. you see that the actions of October seventh, which we do not condone or accept, but even in those measures, they're, they're the 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 disproportionate response. That Palestinians but that, get is, but, that, but, mm-hmm. but I'm reading Netanyahu, and I just to bring this up. We'll take a break. I have to do something. But Netanyahu said, and I read his his uh, statements on, they're not going to end until there is no until I'm paraphrasing now until there is no more Hamas, which is right. equivalent to the, so, they're not going to end until there's let, no more let, Palestinians. Let's no. come, let's come back to that after your break. Yeah. All right. All right. We need to do a couple of things. Uh, in studio, and I, I didn't know that uh, Doctor Doctor Prince was coming. Professor Prince was coming, and that's a surprise and a good one. And, and Doctor Rima Wadan, who is director of Colorado Palestinian Club, our lines are full. A bunch of text messages are flying. I expected all of that. <laughs> so hang on, sixty-two will be the high. We're going to come back, and my daughter will be with us. We'll talk about HBOT. Lou, it's all yours. Turn our mics off. Play this for our producer, Lou Gonzalez. Huh? Brother Louie. 62, the high on a Saturday, 67 on Sunday, and Monday it's going to be 62 degrees. We have been going to HBOT now, and it has been such a changer for our lives. My daughter's with us, and Dr. McWhorter is with us. And uh, HBOT, it stands for Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy. First, my daughter, Shannon. Hey, honey, thanks and come, come for coming back on. Sure, good morning. There you go. And Dr. McWhorter, I think you're in California this morning. Thank you for coming on as well. Yeah. How you doing, Peter? You know what? I'm doing good because of what you got. Um, we have been, Shan, how many times have we been in the chambers? I think total uh, just about 55 hours. And it's made an incredible difference for my daughter and obviously an incredible difference for me. I've learned to so relax inside the chamber and read. I'm reading... Uh, a History of the Cold War, and it's about about 600-page book, and I lug it with me, and I'm halfway through it because that's how long I've been going to HBOT. Um, exactly. It, I, what all, Doctor, what all can it do? I mean, first of all, you get into this chamber, and I'm claustrophobic, and it, I learned to get around it, but then what happens, Doctor, at that point? Yeah, well, they are the biggest chambers, one of the biggest models on the market. And so they are pretty spacious, even even for somebody that was a touch of claustrophobia. But main thing is that it's going to help us oxygenate every one of our cells to 100% its potential carrying capacity, which equates to an overall improvement to how cells function. How we notice that is in things like our energy throughout the day, our cognitive focus, how well and refreshed 
We're waking up from better quality of sleep, reduction in our inflammation and anti-aging benefits all the way down to our DNA strength. So um, wide array of benefits there. It's a relaxing session. You get to lay down for an hour, listen to music or watch Netflix, take a nap and uh, do it in a five-star concierge yeah. level yeah. facility in Tree Creek. Shannon, plug it. I mean, this has really been wonderful for you and great for me. Yeah. And the first, first of all, the, a, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's just been a game changer and changed my life and made me feel so much better uh, with my healing and all the health issues I've been dealing with. And I am so thankful um, to the doctor and just that we can go and do this. And a special, a special thank you to Mel. Right now, as, they, as we always say, operators are there, and the, the young staff has been incredible. But if you call 303 right now, 303-353-9623. The doctor set this up, 303-353-9623. And they'll take your calls right now. Doc, what, what is the deal uh, for, yeah. for everybody? Please. Right now, you come in, you buy two sessions, you get 10 of them for the price of two. That's so great. I'm, I'm running that special through the end of February within those first 10 sessions or so. I'm hoping people can firsthand experience the benefits and then make an educated decision on what they want to do with their health care after that point. Remember, Tom Brady sleeps in one. <laughs> yep, so do I. So do you, I know, <laughs> I know. So so is Mel, so... One more time, uh, Shannon, you know the operators, 303. Yeah, so uh, Victoria's there taking calls, and she's so knowledgeable and super nice. And Go ahead, Dad, and Th- give out the number. 303-353-9623. It's 303-353-9623. Both of you guys have a great Saturday. Shannon, see you at home. Thanks. Thanks, Doctor. Be safe. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. All right. Back, and let me reintroduce and reset Several weeks ago, um, I thought, well, we should have some Palestinian people on. Well, you'd have thought I ran over somebody's dog in the driveway. I mean, it just got so nuts. And I met uh, Dr. Rima Wadan, who is the director of Colorado Palestinian Club. And we took a whole bunch of heat, and I thought, well, there's every reason to bring them back. And I didn't know. You know, you never know who's who's coming. And he's a former uh, senior lecturer, International School of Stu- – uh, excuse me, the Corbell School – um, and supporter, the Jewish Voice for Peace. And he is uh, Rob Prince. And our lines are jammed and our calls are coming in. Um, just want to go to the phones, you guys, or say something. You you were going to tell us something. What was I going to tell you? I, I was going to say that. We both forgot. <laughs> but you were going to say something, and then we you said, I'll hold it to after the break. Uh, okay. Well, well, we mind. have plenty of Let's okay. deal with the. All right. Let's just take the calls. Here your we go. friends. All right. Hey, Ken, you're first. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Morning, everybody. You know, uh, I was sitting here thinking about this issue, and with regard and respect to your guests, mm-hmm. you know, the Palestinians as a group, collectively, they don't have a really good track record, even with other Muslims or, or, or wherever they try to resettle. And I just wonder collectively if there's a problem there. And another point I'd like to say is, you know, all of this would stop, I believe, if the Palestinians, you know, this Hamas that they've either allowed to or has been allowed to flourish, if they capitulated and surrendered. 
they did attack first. If somebody built a tunnel under my house, I'd know about it. And, and I think that that is somewhat of a failing of Israeli intelligence. I know if there's an extra rabbit in my yard. Right, let's, let's stop and, right there. Let's stop right there and let them respond. You're, you're saying a lot of stuff. Can you hold for a second? Here? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Oh, gee. Um, uh, well, look, first of all, something about about Hamas, is, as you hear, I, what I refer to it is the Hamas, Hamas, Hamas song uh, in terms of what we're hearing here. And um, uh, I want to make a connection to Corbell. One of, one of my colleagues at Corbell was Dr. Karen Festi, who was an expert mm-hmm. on negotiations, wrote, actually wrote a book about Israeli-Palestinian negotiations. And she made a point to me that, that has stayed with me all these years, and that is whoever uh, Washington says it's not negotiating with, that's who it's negotiating with. All right, that's number one. Number two, in terms of negotiations, uh, we do not, we would like to pick those elements of our opposition that we want to negotiate apply, with. Apply that to, his, to what Colin well, said. Th- Hamas is a fact in Palestinian life. Uh, it, not only that, uh, I, my sense is that its prestige in the Middle East and among Palestinians has grown tremendously. And that the idea that it's not going to be a factor in some kind of form in a, uh, future negotiation process is, is, uh, uh, is, is simply unrealistic. All right. Back, so, if and, I could and, go back to the yeah. caller. Caller, and mm-hmm. uh, the war aim of Netanyahu, and I read it a couple different times, is control over Gaza, and he's pushing for military control, oh. and said no, and says that this will not end until there is no more Hamas, which I hear on talk radio a lot. Is it? There's my question back to you. Ken, do you think that's conceivable? I don't know. I mean, yeah, just to honest. say that Hamas is there and we got to negotiate, to me, it's unacceptable to even be on the table to no. say, here's a terrorist group. Hey, you know, you got to live with it. It's here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like the, the homosexuals, you know. Oh, we're easy. queer, we're here, and we're, we're going to point <laughs> Easy, easy, easy. Can I just add, yes, if we're going yeah. to go talk about having people at the table, the Palestinian voice, whomever the representative is, needs to be at that table, along with Israel. And we have to have both Good. parties held accountable. So when we say we're going to hold Hamas accountable, we're also going to say Israel's going to be held accountable. Because according to international law and all the violations um, in the ICJ and criminal violations that have been proposed, 111 against Israel, zero against the Palestinian Authority. So the track record is there. And so let's hold both both members accountable for their actions so that we can get to that next stage, which is peaceful coexistence, because you can't eradicate one group or the other. We have to coexist and right. live in, in peaceful okay. prosperity. All right, let's go to Jay. Hey, Jay, you're on a radio show. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, Peter Boyles, I want to ask a question, but before I ask the question, I just want to premise something, say something, and I want them to actually answer the question rather than weasel their way out of it. Hmm. A couple of myths about density in the Gaza Strip Gaza Strip has the den- same density as Hong Kong, as Singapore, about twenty, twenty-five thousand people per square mile. Brooklyn, New York, is thirty-eight thousand per square mile. Manhattan, New York, is seventy-four thousand people per square mile. So let's get rid of that myth. Number two, 
open-air prisons. Obviously, it's not an open-air prison. They have high-rise buildings. They have elevators. They have engineering. They have automobiles. And they have all these Gaza students, exchange students from Gaza, and all the relatives who are here. Obviously, it's not prison if they were able to, to leave and move to the United States. And they were able to smuggle in tons and tons of equipment to build tunnels. So if it is an, an open-air prison, it's the worst open-air prison in history. And my question is, since 2006, when the Israelis pulled out of Gaza, why has Gaza been firing rockets into Israel? Okay. And by the way, is there a question for me in that you said before I turn no. it over to the guy? Okay. No, I just okay. I, I get on it. my mind. No, hang, hang far. Hang I'll, far. I'll just put, oh, when we say open-air prison, it's all... No, so- no, no. Answer the question. Answer the question. Well, yeah, why well, has they she been is. firing She's trying. rockets? She's trying to, Jay. Yeah. Hang on, by the so, way. So, first I'm going to put my premise out, which when you control the entire sides borders of Gaza... That is by definition. Nothing can go in without an out or out without Israeli's approval. That's how Gaza has operated and, and continues to be operated. Actually, now it's even in a worse situation where they're not even allowing things to go in. So then we go, why is Hamas firing rockets? Why is Israel still inducing its occupation in the Palestinian territories? Why is it controlling the borders? Why is it um, uh, abducting Palestinian hostages? Why are we still uh, arguing those notions? Why are we still in apartheid? We have to address the root cause of things before saying, why are, is there a response to the oppression, the occupation? Can I add one, one sure, point? Uh, so, Jay, you know, our, our Earlier, uh, Peter was talking about how many wars there have been in Gaza. Well, actually, in Israel, there's a term for for Israel hammering Gaza, and it's called they call it mowing the lawn. Yeah. And that uh, every few years they have to mow the lawn. Uh, basically, what mowing the lawn is, amounts to is trying to uh, put such fear into Palestinians that, you know, the price the price to struggle for their rights is too high. So, that, so that's look, kind of was, what, <laughs> that. Well, Prince Kid, Boychik, Boychik, listen to me. Boychik, there was no, fellow Boychik. There was no, there was no, there was no Israeli troops in Gaza. There was no mowing the lawn. Well, but there they weren't. There was no one there. But they, they didn't go in with, with troops, Jay. They bombed it. They, they, they've been they bombing. Were firing it. missiles first. All right, but you they know were, it's a kind of a chicken and the egg thing. It's a no, chicken no in the chicken, egg. No egg. No chicken. Was no Israel, egg. Was Israel? <laughs> right, was Israel well. firing unprovoked? Was Israel firing missiles yeah. into Gaza right. unprovoked? It's if we're well, gonna, if, to. yeah, I if we're gonna to deny the accountability for both parties and say that one is allowed to be denied accountability, then we're just yeah. gonna go round and round. We're not gonna be able to like address the root Answer cause. The question: Why were they firing the, the missiles? Occupation, occupation is the response. There was no soldiers in there. There's there occupation. No there is an occupation of Palestinian territories. There's forced dis, uh, disposition of Palestinians from their lands. There's forced evictions of Palestinians from their lands. There, the, the list goes they, on. Jay, There's apartheid they rule, had military their own rule. They had their own country. If they no, it wasn't a country, missiles, Jay. It, it would have been. It Jay, Jay been do, you, just, do you think that uh, what Israel is doing on. in Gaza is genocide? Did I hear the magic word? Jay, did I hear the magic word? I'm serious. All right. Anyhow, I I tried to answer your question, Jay. Jay, really did. Did you use the F word? Not once. I swear. I know. Somebody just said you did it. Okay. Hold on. Peter, Peter, Peter. 
I've been on talk radio many times. I would never, never, okay, well, never so do that. Please, I, just got, I, I just got so I'm not going to do anything. Somebody just said you did it. That's all no, I'm I was in my breath. I said Eichervolt. That's oh, okay, what I said. Okay, well, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, all that's I better. said. Yeah. Listen back better. at the tape. I would brother, never brother, do that Brother, there's no show. tape, and I apologize right. to you. All Somebody right. just said you Take said it. All right. I would never do that to your show. Would you? I've been listening to you for 30 years. You're the man. Take 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 a comment, and then I have to. We got jam lines. All I, all I wanted to say was if they would have never fired a missile since 2006, if they would have shook hands in 2005 and never fired a missile, they would have had a peaceful, cordial relationship like we have with Canada. That's all they had to do. And they kept on firing missiles. Hey, so what was Israel supposed to do? They had to respond. That's it. Yeah. How, how does it end? Jay, I mean, I, I love your call. How does it end? I, I don't. I mean, what I'm hoping for is just like you said about Germany and Japan, that Israel can get a group of educated Palestinians. I meet them here. These are smart, educated people who are in the United States right. that can understand the concept of a Jeffersonian democracy. Uh, Not a theocracy, but a, a just install Palestinians that understand democracy and, and a constitutional republic. And just and, and have that and get rid of all the theocracy. Okay. In God. I agree. And the theocracy of Israel also has to be uh, removed. I got a question yeah. for, for you, Jay. Do you support the establishment of a Palestinian state next to Israel? I, in okay, God, you know, I'm not asking yeah, you. Know, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, you God, know what, man? Yeah, then if that's the case, believe it or not, for all our arguing... Uh, our goals are the same. Maybe we're going to get there a different road. All right? It doesn't work by firing <laughs> missiles into the into the, your neighbors. Well, it works. You, the or Palestinians aren't the only ones firing firing. Yeah, and then also there. I would love to say that you know supporting that that notion of having the Palestinian state next to, next to Israel is also going to involve the the stop and halt of illegal expansions of Israeli settlements in Palestinian territories in two, I, I 2023 alone. 13,000 illegal settlements were built, the highest since yeah. 1948. Yeah. We have to stop Bank, that, too. I agree with you, but a good, good starting point could have been the Gaza Strip for the past 14 years. That could have been a good starting point. Okay. I'll give you the final comment. By the way, Jay, love the call. Yeah. Rima, take the final comment. The starting, I mean, we just need to still have accountability um, placed into the thing, into the equation. And in order to allow both both states to peacefully coexist for the Palestinians and Israelis, we all have to, like, address accountability of both parties. Okay. We're going to jump. Jay, that's good. All right. I've got to turn around. Uh, Dr. Rima Wadan is here, director of uh, Colorado Palestinian Club and. I didn't know. I mean, you never know who's going to come to the show. And uh, doc, doc, excuse me, uh, senior lecturer, and uh, at the Corbell School, GSIS at DU, and uh, supporter of the Jewish Voice for Peace. Real, real, I'll, I'll ask you this. So you can answer yeah. this when we come back. How much heat do you take being Jewish when you take the position you have? Answer that right after this. It's a Saturday morning, everyone. Lines are jammed. Seven ten K and US. We are Denver's talk station, and again. Bringing back guests who were here about four weeks ago that really was an amazing show, and this morning is just as good it's equal. Saturday with traffic and is what it is, 62 is the weather. 62 today, 67 Saturday, and Monday, 62 degrees. Sitting in studio is Dr. Rima Wadan, and we've met Dr. Before, director of Colorado Palestinian Club. And uh, Rob Prince is here. He's a retired senior lecturer 
at the, at the Corbell School, GSIS at University of Denver. And supporter, it's the organization Jewish Voice for Peace. How much heat do you take um, being a Jewish man and taking these positions that you take? Um, you know, uh, I've taken these positions for some time. Mm-hmm. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in North Africa during the 67 war. So rather than... Where were you? In, in Tunisia. Okay. In Tunisia, okay. yeah. Uh, and during that war, I mean, I wasn't in Brooklyn. I no. was in Tunis, uh, which was kind of confusing. But that was the beginning of, hey, I what I have been hearing growing up, there was a, a you know, disconnect. Uh, and when I came to Colorado shortly thereafter, um, I began, I took positions critical of Israel, critical of the occupation, and in support of a Palestinian state, and that's been consistent. So, in the beginning, uh, it was something of a shock uh, to be criticized, and not just criticized, but you know, other stuff. Mm. I'm not. I don't want to go into no, it sure. now. And then at a certain point, it, it, I realized uh, it, it really had nothing to do with me. Uh, it was ha- the things that I was saying and uh, uh, cri- being critical of Israel. And, uh, and then it's like, okay, it's important. I have to say it, try to say it in the most reasonable, educated way I can. And so uh, of late, of late uh, personally, I have not had – you know, it would be really overdramatic to say I have an issue. I am concerned that groups like Jewish Voice for Peace were basically young kids that every bone in their body is against racism in every form imaginable, um, that they are coming under very severe attack. Uh, uh, and so my concern isn't for me personally, but but uh, uh, to support to support these young young folk who have uh, shown some courage and principle. I learned early in this business Mm -hmm. that there are what I call no-goes. I steal it from the Irish, you know, the no-go areas. And there's no-goes. And I immediately went to a no-go. I mean, as soon as we said, well, that, no, let's put it on the air. Let's do it. You know, let's Mm no-go and uh, see what people do. All right, we go to Sarah. Sarah, you waited. Good morning. Thank you. You're on the show. Uh, Yes, I... The Gaza was given up when, 2005 or 2006? 2005, I believe, yeah. 2005, mm-hmm. and were there not Jewish uh, people living in Gaza with their... Yes. Um, there was uh, about 8,000 8, uh, Jewish yeah, settlers. Yeah. And, and also left. on and so forth. That's correct, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you fast, and there are none today, it's totally Judenrein, and... That's a very strange term East. to use for the for what happened. Absolutely, yeah. but everybody uses it here also. It's not well, it, it's it's a it's a term that's used throughout. Anyhow, but it's an today, ugly term and it's a very inaccurate term and it's suggesting well, I'm glad you that, think it's, it's that it's that it's that it's, a, that's the Palestinians who expelled well, who this. expelled how the, many the Jews are live in Gaza today. That's the the Jews in Gaza were withdrawn by uh, by the administration at that time Correct. by Ariel Shinokron, but, but they were they not kicked out to. by the Palestinians. I know the situation exactly, and I'm glad <laughs> right, you do. Too. But they why do you use language like that? That's we have like, to go. We have to go slow. I want okay. to ask: Why should one side, the Israelis, live side by side with the 
as we know for today, an enemy, and they're the only ones who are expected to do it. Why isn't Gaza infiltrated okay, with more Jews? Are you stop and then you could have a peaceful environment. Like okay, oh, Sarah, 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 they stop. They stop. Can, they stop for you. Now let's go back. Say, so okay. the same arguments will be, would have been posed to our community. Why do Palestinians have to live side by side with Israelis as they came in and occupied our territory? We have there to like are, we have to break Sarah, down. Please, Sarah, yeah, please. We have please. to break down that notion that one can exist without the. The other because that is where we have you know placed our a situation where both people are radicalizing the the or you know their their communities Why to hate Sarah, Sarah, I'm just Sarah. trying to explain so and it has to come down where we have to get beyond that notion of the enemy and that uh-huh. we have to peacefully coexist with one another the denial uh, exactly. of the existence of one Sarah, or the other the, hang on is, for Sarah, for the last time We'll, we'll exchange, okay? You'll be your turn next. Now I'm, ask, I'm asking oh, you. And your mic was on during the break. I want you to know. So I, why not? That F word that you may have heard. Didn't well, no, that. I don't think so. Just all right. So sit still, <laughs> okay. and then I'll turn it back to you. Go ahead, please. No. So it's it's that denial of the existence from both from both Israelis and the Palestinians, and we have to get beyond that notion and allow the communities to exist. And we can't say why do Palestinians have to live side by side by Israel or Israel to live side by side with Palestinians. Both have to coexist with one another. There's no option now. We have to move beyond this um, enemy, you know, vilification of either side um, because each, each argument can be made on each side. So then accountability needs to be made for both sides and we got to move and progress forward okay. so that we can exist with one another. All right, now back, back well, to Sarah. I, Sarah. Okay. okay, well I have an idea how perhaps not being on that pay scale, I have an idea perhaps how that can be created. And one of it is the first step would be Hamas, who created all the massive tunnels, they say larger than the New York uh, subway. Hamas has to be of good faith if that's in fact that they still want to rule. And they have to say, we will return the hostages. You may have them. We are done with them. You may have them. And now we move forward and we will allow, as Israel allows many Arabs and Palestinians into their homeland, we in Gaza or wherever else will allow Jews to come in safely. The key word here is safely, like it happened in Europe after World War II. Right, Rob. Um, Sarah, um, just a a question for you. you you're you're sure. putting all these uh, conditions. Hamas should do this. Hamas should do that. What should Israel okay, do? Well, what Israel what should easy, Sarah? Easy, Sarah, easy, Sarah, Sarah, easy, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. It's just a question. Okay. <laughs> easy, Sarah. Just a question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what should? What are smart, Israel's or? responsibilities in the current mm-hmm. moment to mm-hmm. bi- to end the fighting and work mm-hmm. for peace? Like something it's like what? ceasefire? Should they support yeah. ceasefire? I'm asking. I'm just asking you what what Israel, what Israel should do. What is a ceasefire? What is your definition of a ceasefire? 
Well, I, my definition doesn't matter. There's a kind of it you know United matter. Nations my definition. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's if not your one of those. Definition doesn't matter. you quit shooting at each other. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. not that complicated. So, so I'm asking you, what are Israel's? Does Israel have any responsibilities at this current no. moment to to en- enhance the? Peacemaking rather than war making. All right. So well, you, you've talked about Hamas. Hey, hey, I'm going to give it back okay. to Sarah. Sarah for the last okay. comment, then we got a break. Sarah, last okay. comment, sir. For what? this minute, Israel is did not penetrate Gaza. They gave them up, took out all their people, gave Gaza up, and Gaza to this day is lives with Hamas. And as soon as and, and as soon as Jews can get back into the area. Everything and there right. can be a two, and and that's it. It's, it's not that difficult. Right, thank thank you. you. We're on the wire. Okay, thank you, ma'am. Good call. All right, Lou, where are we? We we closed. We'll take a break. All right, we'll take the pause. Our guests will stay here. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Rima Wadan is with us, director of Colorado Palestinian Club, and uh, also Rob Prince, who was a senior lecturer at the IR school at DU at the Corbell School and his organization's supporter of Jewish Voice for Peace. I'm Peter Boyles. This is 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.